Sounds familiar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Good Guy Show. I'm Tony. He's Jeremy, and we're here for another half hour of mild entertainment. I have heard this song. Yeah, of course. This is world's most famous. This is Fugazi. 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 So, like I said, Fugazi, uh, Straight Edge Band, didn't have any merch, and uh, you know they refused. They didn't do interviews. They didn't. They were just just played music, charged minimal. It was all ages shows. Was there, it was you know they're like um, and where are they now? They have a record. They're like very popular. Uh, you know, are they still were still putting out music. They have a record. They have a record uh, a record company. Like they okay. Started so they started their own record company yeah. and they produce other albums yeah. and for like, other people. And like you know, they're they're doing lots of shows, but different. It was different, but it was cheaper to live back then, right? So you just. You know. well, when when were they popular? Uh, when did they come out? Early nineties, I'm gonna say. Okay. Like late. These these guys were eighties for sure. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, view album. So yeah, so oh, it was eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. But uh, view artists. Here we go. We'll see what they say. Uh, do they even say stuff about the artists ever? Do you think? No. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah. Anyways, I there was a, there was a moment in my life uh, about that. What did I say? What was that? Eighty nine. Yeah. About that time when I was, um, I bought it. I bought a CD called Fat Records Number Four, and it had punk songs. Okay. And I was just I was desperate to learn more about music the very first my very first serious girlfriend taught me about all sorts of cool shit all sorts of cool music and i've always liked stuff um but you know um when i was a kid like i get big like beach boy knockoff cassette tapes <laughs> like other guys you know and like, people covering the beach boys but like doing it in a fun way yeah and like uh and then uh you know like there're like a lot of compilation tapes and stuff okay and we went down to we went down to uh you know you go down to like uh bellingham to get milk and cheese and gas fill up your tank and then go back home it was that it was worth it that much um and you we went and i got my very first rap cassette tape called rap tracks 2 i believe rap tr- rap with two p's tracks with two x's bro this is serious <laughs> well it's serious stuff but that's but i learned about like 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 uh like jungle brothers i learned about uh you know like the the native tongues i learned about um audio too uh, in like you know like just like a lot of weird shit because like you know like having the radio and not be like being a figure skater and just like hearing the same ass shit and just being a nerd yeah not be able to put my own two cents in or learn i you know, i didn't go to concerts and shit like that so I went to the opera I mean, you went to the theater so i like and when i was in my 20s uh I didn't like my musical tastes didn't 
very much. I was into I was into rock and roll, and that right. was pretty much it. Was it old school stuff? Until like, well, in high school, I was introduced to the Beastie Boys. You know, I discovered the Beastie Boys, and I, that was like my my foray into rap. Okay, but in my twenties, I'd start going to like local bars where they had live music, right? And starting to hear, you know, these bands. They, you know, they played a lot of covers, but mm-hmm. they played a lot of originals also. Right, right. And, you know, you'd buy, you'd pick up, a, you know, an EP from them or, you know, their was promo disc or always, whatever. And was there always shit going on in your neighborhood? Like always there? In there was always, there was always, a, a, you know, bands playing somewhere, local bands all, when you're, all the time. Because when you, you were in New York, was that when it was... Like eighties, it was like still rough. I like in the eighties. Well, I mean, Manhattan in the eighties was iffy a little bit. You know, people don't people don't like to uh, give him credit now because he he went off the deep end and started helping Trump and everything. But Giuliani (laughs) was a major part of cleaning up Manhattan. If it wasn't for Giuliani, that place would would still be a shithole. He came in and he he cut deals with with major uh, companies like Disney to come into Times Square. And they did, I had friends who were policemen at the time and they would do sweeps. They gridded off the city and each day they'd take another, you know, block of the grid and they'd sweep through there and just clean out the drug dealers because their drug dealers were so prevalent. You couldn't use pay phones because the drug dealers were using the pay phones to do their business. And if you went to make a call, they'd stop you. (laughs) <laughs> That's how bad it was. Wow. And so Giuliani cleaned up Manhattan. Huh. And, uh, you know, that was the turning point in Manhattan to make it into, a you know, a place people wanted to be. And then, uh, but, you know, I spent most of my time, you know, clubbing, clubbing, going to bars and going to the, you know, seeing these bands and stuff. That was all on Long Island. And that's that, but the, I mean, it was always, there's always, there was like, a, always, an, there seems to be a weird energy in New York, you know? Like, oh, this, I mean, there's still a weird energy in New York. There's, but you know, there's like always something weird going on, something crazy. It's, I mean, there's so much. Is it, is it the desperation for wanting to be creative and just wanting to live? Like, there seems to be like a kind of a European sensibility of like, like live to work, not work to live kind of an idea. Um, I think. I think, I mean, you probably get it in LA and, and, you know, in big cities where there's a lot of population, you get people who want to make their passion, their life. Right. And I think because New York, it's such a high concentration of people. You have a high concentration of, of artists, you know, people who, who want to make music, they want to make art, they want to do, you know, and, uh. It, that's why it's so prevalent in big cities. There, but there was like so many, like so much like shithole apartments and stuff. Just yeah, full of cr- people just doing creative shit, raising their families. It's just it was just so wild to think. Like I don't know today. I mean, I don't know how many of those shithole apartments still exist now with uh, the price of real estate going through the roof. I think landlords yeah now they're like kind of forced those people out that were paying you know the rent control paying yeah, yeah paying pennies on the dollar huh i remember i remember i remember pat slack friend of the show rivers H. geller she lived in new york for a minute and they would get together she lived in soho and i think this is what 80s 70s 80s and the story goes that uh you know rent was due so they would have a party and everyone would chip in for the spaghetti party 
and eat, drink, party. And they would throw everybody would throw money on the table. Pay the rent. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You know, but uh yeah, you know, and probably a lot of those people now are like just you know shrewd fucking <laughs> bastards. Well, I mean, the hippies are the ones who became the yuppies who were, you know, making all the money in the eighties. This yeah. You know, yeah. The flower children of the seventies became the stockbrokers of the eighties. So it is yeah, it is it is it is it is it is wild. It is it is wild to think that um like where like where does it go? Like where do you where does the childhood innocence go? You know, it's like I, you know, I I think just life beats it out of you as you get older and you realize, you know, what responsibility is and yeah, but you're and but children the obligations that you you have and but it seems like children are just always being discouraged to be kids. Like it's like you know, uh, yeah. It's like, oh my! I kid, think that's more super smart. It's more now. Uh, when I was a kid, I was encouraged to be a kid. Like right. my parents didn't want me getting a job too young because they wanted me to concentrate on school right. and and just do stuff. You know, just be a kid. Right. Uh, I didn't get a, I didn't get a, my first job until I was well into high school. I think my, my, I think my dad wanted me to join the Swiss Legion <laughs> uh, when I was 15. I think my dad, when, when I was little, my dad always told me I was going to go to West Point and would tell me about, I'm going into the army, I'm doing this. And it, as a kid, it scared me because I thought going into the army meant you got killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was not military stuff was not really talked about. There's no such no real big thing as ROTC. You had some people like that, like nerdy guys that just wanted to, you know, do that stuff. But uh, um, but that was basically there was no like people that were like really into it. Into it, it was you know it was some weird um, I don't know some some yeah some like weird nerd you know wearing a camo jacket and. Um, but I being, but being, being a kid in Vancouver was, I never felt, I never felt like I was in danger unless I went to dangerous places like, you know, um, but you know, I, it was always like, I was always told, okay, Hey, you know, you gotta like, you can't be like that. You gotta like, you can't experiment. You gotta, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm not making any sense, but yeah. You, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Gooder Guys. Um, did you know that we have a YouTube uh, show and uh, where I also ramble? And I know this is a big sales pitch, sales point, but um, today's show. So last show, Tony was uh, telling us how much he loves animals, and uh, I don't think I mentioned that on and that. how much you hate well, almost anything. And we're, it was some specific. And it, uh, NFT was it not NFT. Was, I, uh, I hate NFTs. Yeah, hate NFTs. There's something else you hated. We, we sort of talked about briefly. Uh, it could be almost anything. I mean, I hate a lot of stuff. We just said this like fucking 15 minutes ago, dude. This is ridiculous. I don't remember. So right after the show, this is our suicide letter. We're gonna jump in the river. If we survive, cool. If we don't, I hate traveling. Maybe that that's was it. That's it. I, yeah, hate I hate traveling. Traveling, <laughs> but I think that was between shows we talked about that. Okay. Well, you know. Um. Well, so I guess the moral story is I did not join the Swiss Legion. Um. And I didn't go into the army. I remember being in my kitchen talking to my mother, and my father. My mother was sick at the time, but 
And I didn't understand like the severity of it all. But being 16 years old and not having fun figure skating anymore, my body was changing. I wasn't really, I wasn't like under proper, like it was just so I was just sort of like left by my own means, you know, like figure it out, figure out how to be a good. And I just didn't give a shit. Like I wanted to be a performer. Like I wanted to be an actor, performer, comedian. I figure skating was like a cool vehicle for that. Like I got to do cool tricks. No, yeah. I got to do cool things in ice and whatever. But um, so I but I remember telling them that I didn't want to. And just now being an adult ish and knowing probably how much money they, they put s- into it spent for me to do you know what i don't think your parent i don't think it mattered to them because probably not. i could you know as a as a parent we spent you know my kid played hockey yeah, yeah, yeah. and we spent a lot That's of money so on hockey money. i remember buying him new equipment one time we bought him new equipment for for the new season and then he had a growth spurt like two weeks after we just bought all this equipment and we had to go buy him new stuff again. I wore the same. So there's a thing called patch figures, patch uh, figure skate. Like, so patch is where you do the figure eights and shit and the little swirly tricks and you have to trace them and you pass. And that's how, that's how okay. you test. So you would do that before you do the freestyle stuff. So you'd spend 45 minutes on the ice, freezing your toes off. And I had patch skates and they were too fucking small and too tight. And we didn't buy them. My, every time I put them on, they hurt my fucking feet like hell. I couldn't skate in them. And it fucking sucked. And I hated it. It was four in the morning. And my toes are fucking freezing. And then I couldn't wait to go change my skates and jump on the ice and go do uh, go do freestyle. And just jump around and be an idiot and stuff. And, you know, um, Dire Straits, you know, uh, money, money for the, what is it? Money for nothing. Money for nothing. You know that buildup? Like that. Yeah, right. Right with the guitar, I would skate around as fast as I could, like just this little, this little queer, just like <laughs> skate around as fast as I could, just waiting for that build up. And then right when that, like, boom, I would try to time it and do a split jump when that music happened. That's probably the one of the most gayest things <laughs> ever done in my life. Just like, can you imagine, like, this is a little, like, I'm already a spaz. Like, maybe I think. How old were you? Dude, I must have been like 10, 11, 12, I don't know. Um, but that whole time was very confusing too because like I was like, you know, I was like around all these these chicks who were like wearing these, you know, these cute these cute athletic girls. And, like, and you little, were starting to feel weird. I didn't, but I didn't even know. I just, you know, and it was just like, you know, and one of like my best friend at the time who turned out to be uh, gay, um, he actually joined, joined Disney later and I would see him in Vancouver later on and he'd be like oh he wear like half shirts and they look all cute like oh hi jamie oh my god i'm like oh hey Neil, what's up <laughs> so um i guess what i'm trying to say tony is that a hole's a hole okay <laughs> speaking of holes or holes ladies and gentlemen uh thanks for if you're still listening for some reason i appreciate it uh we're, we're, let's talk about 10 uh, according to the internet according to me uh blogmusement.com um, they have told us, um, the 10, 10 of the world's best artworks. And, uh, I just kind of want to go through them with you, Tony, and I kind of want to see what you think and if okay. you know anything about them. So the Ufusi gallery, uh, to, if, if also, if you'd like to check out our YouTube or, uh, you know, donate any money to us, uh, for our services of whatever, or maybe, maybe you want us to like quit the show. 
for two return tickets and a new car, <laughs> Tony and I will stop doing the show. And you'd never have to listen to us again. Or we'll, blo- or we'll just block you. Yeah, we'll block <laughs> you. We'll, we'll keep doing the show, but we'll block you. Um, anyways, so so the very first one that comes up here is The Birth of Venus by Sandro Botticelli. This is number one. This on is the number one. Ten so, greatest so, artworks. So, I'll just read it. so while the majority of the Renaissance, Renaissance art commissions uh, were of religious nature, the subject of Botticelli's birth uh, inspired the humanist approach. So... This is like I think after the Romantic period, the Renaissance, the Renaissance, the rebirth, and uh, you know, let me. Um, do you know what? Do you know what the Renaissance actually means? I know Renaissance man means a guy that does a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Um. So like Renaissance is French for rebirth. Uh, French word meaning rebirth. Now used in English to describe the great revival of art that took place in Italy from about 1400, under the influence of rediscovery of classical art and culture. So what started happening, like, so you have like all these different streams of art and until about the 1910s, 19, I think early, early 1900s is when photography was starting to exist. Right. So you had these artists that were commissioned by kings and all, uh, you know, popes and all that stuff to do churches, to do realism, basically Basically, if that if if uh, if those same people with the same mentalities existed now, it'd be a bunch of mediocre photographs on canvas, <laughs> you know, from like Amazon. Like they, you know, they would do the cheapest thing. It'd be they'd all be they'd all be those starving artists selling paintings in the in a hotel uh, ballroom. The the artists would be, but the the people paying the money would not be paying the whatever lifestyles of these artists they would right. be yeah they'd, they'd be, be paying shekels they they'd be going to the sam's club and printing off a 24 by 30 of mm. whatever of their trip you know they'd have like someone's grandma poses mary and you know <laughs> anyway so so the so so for some reason botticelli was a great painter he's part of the whole renaissance thing and uh it was re- it was realism but the, you know there's a lot of symbolism like this is when like um artists were using like a little more symbolism like you see these two angels here blowing on a flower venus is coming out of the clam um you know be and then being covered up by other what other whatever um so like the, you know there's a whole there's like a like a whole narrative and a whole story not just like of some rich people and uh um so anyways that's the first one but the, the last supper leonardo da vinci i kind of I've always wanted to see it in person. Yeah. Um, it's a fresco, you know. It's a fresco. Um, give yourself, uh, where the hell is it? It's, it, so it's another, yeah. Um, da, 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 I feel like Jesus and apostles. I don't know what to say. Um, oh, it's, why didn't they just use a camera to, to take, like, with to, Jesus? Like, instead Jesus of painting selfie? that picture, why didn't they just take a picture of it? Can you with a camera? Can you imagine just Jesus Christ Himself? Just he would he be an iPhone or a Google phone? He'd be like a nondescript, probably. No, he wouldn't because he'd be he'd be on like uh, Mint Mobile. But would he though? Because of the uh, the poor children um, whose fingernails are dating. well. That's why he'd be on Mint Mobile because they're cheap. Yeah, but they're still you're still oh, but the phone. Yeah, they're still using metals. a phone made by. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. You ever see the memes where it says, 
they they talk about it says Jesus take the wheel and Jesus is like they didn't have cars in my time I don't know what the hell I'm doing I mean you know he'd figure it out though it's not hard it's not hard to drive you know um so okay so we're at 10 minutes but so so this is kind of like you know okay last supper Leonardo da Vinci's the second one they say Mona Lisa Leonardo da Vinci uh, so Mona Lisa's three three the creation. I'm surprised Mona Lisa's not one on this list it's not it's not a great it's not the best painting it's it's not but it's probably the most famous painting in the world i i guess you it, go to any moron on the street and you ask them to name a famous painting right i bet they name the mona lisa right so here's 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 what i want to do for uh for show and this is why i've been trying to get a hold of joel i wanted to do an interview go on the street and do interview people about what they think beauty is because that one Lebanese uh, artist who's a poet, writer, and uh, a painter, and I shared a clip on her Instagram about how she talked about beauties, like the most important thing. And there's, I think there's real truth to that. There's real truth to um, something fucking being beautiful. I'm sick, dude, I'm sick. I was thinking about this. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of everybody always having a fucking solution, like, like always you know like having a, some psych some psychological um therapist you know s speak about like why i'm sad today well everybody's a fucking expert because they read something on facebook or you know yeah or or they you know they yeah they saw someone else talking about it and it's it's like it's can we just stop trying to solve can't we just be fucked up and we're like we're hiding the real problem which is and i have the solutions by the way just so you know the real problem is the, the fact that uh, for some reason the uh, you know a, a bunch of guys are passing money down for the industrial revolution and uh you know kings and queens and oligarchs and all the money's still there and the rich families and you know and that's that's i think that's what the nft thing was all about was like these kids are like finally we're gonna fucking you know we're gonna we're gonna i'll do we're gonna i'm gonna buy myself that maserati Thing, I, that's I think that's a good car um but but also um yeah I don't know eh, fuck, whatever. <laughs> I if, if also those videos were like you just have some guy yo he's like wearing track pants I think yo uh yo if you guys want to make six I, figures I made a month, I made 10 million dollars in six months and you can too yeah it's like buy a tracksuit like this and and listen to how i post stuff on instagram and make millions of dollars or you know i'll just get an amazon store it's like well can how about i can i just paint why, why don't you take your and the thing is those dickheads won't even probably wouldn't even like come to the gallery and look at art like no. hey, you know so anyways the creation of adam michelangelo is number four and creation uh if you if you'd like if you'd like to go that's the sistine chapel if you'd like is to it go not see the uh, creation of Adam, yeah, i believe it is at the vatican the sistine chapel uh chapel uh 16 uh and uh and i remember too when we went to the sistine chapel and uh with my mother you know they shut the they shut the gates at night eh so it's like its own city within the city the vatican the vatican i remember too when people like when the pope would come out everyone would lift all their stuff up and then they would after the pope went back into his little area or whatever all the people would sit up at their tables and be like blessed to buy the pope but um so you could buy <clears> stuff <throat> that was blessed by the pope um but uh yeah my mother was so pissed because the the art and stuff in the in saint peter's cathedral was so pretty so gold and you'd have like sarcophagi of like actual popes just lying there still and shit 
And she was like, all these people with video cameras. My mother was like, this livid. She wasn't enjoying herself. It was number five. Hey, go to the Vatican, check it out yourself. But you know, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like those people that are you know taking uh, photos at uh, you know at the shows. When you went and saw Tom Kiefer, how many people had their phones out? Um, there were a good amount of people yeah. picking out their phones. I took a couple of pictures, but uh, was it was it women? Uh, there were both women and men. Tom Kiefer was never a handsome fellow. Really? He was never a handsome fellow. I remember I remember back in the, you know, in the 80s during the heyday, he yeah, was when you were trying to He was him? kind of a strange-looking man. Okay. I, I think women might have found him attractive because they, he was exotic looking. Yeah, that's maybe. a thing. That's a thing. Sure. Uh, but I, I never thought he was a, you know, that good-looking of a of a gentleman. Okay. Well, Tom Kiefer, you heard it here. Uh, I, I love, I mean, I, I'm a big Tom Kiefer fan. Uh, oh, you're okay. It's still on the table, Tom Kiefer. I apologize. I retract my last yeah, statement. No, I'm, I'm a big Kiefer fan. Uh, I think he, he's a great singer. Cinderella was one of my favorite bands. How, uh, so how was the band? Did they do Cinderella songs? Yeah, oh, yeah, they did Cinderella songs. Um, if, I, like, if I was to put together my, my dream list of 80s bands, Cinderella's headlining. Really? Yeah. Who's second? Kicks. Kicks. It's a band called Kicks. What about Rat? Uh, Rat would not make my bill. Uh, I'm trying to think of obscure. The opener would be Faster Pussycat. Faster Pussycat. Yeah. Which I is really like liked Faster kind Pussycat. Kind of uh, Run 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 uh, Run Pussycat Kill Kill or something like that. There was like a Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Uh, that was a uh, Russ Meyer film, I believe. Okay. And uh, that's where they got their name from. Well, there you go. Man, so. One for two. I I think I'm I think I'm going to see a comeback in the future. They've got these rappers from the '90s now, all belly all full and stuff like that. Doing their they go up and they do two songs each. You know, Kid and Play and uh, um, you know all the all the guys that like did one hit wonders or yeah they, minute, they're doing know? they're on these like showcase tours. There's like twelve of them. They go on stage and it's like you know Run DMC and say okay guys. Oh, uh, Run DMC did a lot of cool stuff. But they were like yeah, but. You know, I guess they're the draw, I guess, and you can go go see whoever and they're the headliner and yeah. then they have all these these smaller acts. We, anyway. We feel <laughs> We Feels with Crows, Van Gogh. We Feels with Crows is an interesting one because We Feels and Crows was done. Um it was done like you know I think it was I think it was kind of done mid career. He was doing a little bit more um uh, what's the word? Uh, a little more put together, a little more less impressionistic i think i i'm i'm i like that painting i'm surprised that they chose that one and not one of his other works well you know, one of his more famous works i think it's 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 weird because uh gee we're going fast okay well fine five six madam x john singer sergeant have you seen john singer sergeant i have work? never heard of him or that painting i okay so he is uh he's he's um uh He's an American painter, um, and uh, yeah, and he made the list. Wow! And yes, and he's uh, you know you can see his work actually at the DIA too. Persistence of Memory by Dali, a stupid fucking watch thing. I don't even think this. Is I'm a, not a big fan of this painting. I mean, I, I, painting. I, I think it's uh, it's different, you know, uh, from a lot of stuff that was being done back then. But I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't, so, you know, I don't think it's that great. So you'll see Vermeer, and Vermeer was known for like doing the mirror hold mirror thing. It's not Girl with the Pearly Ring. It's The Milkmaid by Johannes Vermeer. 
that makes number eight. The nymph, uh, water lilies, nymphia, nymphaeas uh, by Monet. That's a large painting. You That's can, a very large painting. You can go see that at the Orangerie Museum, which is the Orange Museum or the Orange something museum, Orange Orchard Museum in Paris. Uh, let's go to Paris. And then last but not least, Guernica by Picasso, which is uh, depicting the Spanish War um, and it's the Spanish Civil War. And that was pretty crazy. You can go see that in Madrid. And that's also... Maybe, maybe we should talk about this more next week on the TV show. We'll talk about stuff more. Save I, this Save this article. Okay. Well, I, I will. Yeah, well, you know, sure. Ten, ten tops. Um, yeah. Thanks. I Listen, you, you're doing great. I, I You know, they, they are. They're, you guys are, you know... If you're listening still, you are good. Er. Gooder. Yeah. You're gooder. Yeah, remember, remember you uh we're uh we're ranting so you don't have to. Right. We ramble so you don't have we to. We ramble so you don't have to. So <laughs> Hey, we got stickers. If you want a sticker, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to <laughs> 3024 Biddle Avenue, Wyandotte, Michigan, 4102, care of uh, gooder guys. And we'll send you a sticker. Yeah, 3024 Biddle uh, Avenue, Wind Up, Michigan, 48192. Care of the Gooder guys. Send, send us in. So then we'll I'll throw a sticker in. And, uh, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe an original piece of art. And not with the self just stamped envelope. Stuff know. some money in there. Okay. All right, find all right. us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram, Good Guys Radio. Email us at goodguysradio at gmail.com with any questions or comments about the show. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to check out our YouTube show. Uh, search for the Good Guy Show on YouTube, or go to our Facebook page and find the links there. If you'd like to be on the show on uh, Access Cable and give me a free massage, uh, that's also up for grabs. Peace. <laughs>